Well, that loss sucked. Let's go ahead and talk about the Sun Devils crushing defeat to the Stanford Cardinal on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you all so much for checking out the pod. Remember, you can get this podcast free and available anywhere you get your podcast, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Of course, wherever you do get those podcasts, hit like and subscribe. Turn on those notifications to get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday covering everything Arizona State Sun Devils football, basketball, and otherwise to stay in touch with that content, make sure you're following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36. You can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. This episode of Locked on Sun Devils is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Arizona State and Colorado right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. All right, guys. I, I don't want to be talking about this game as much as you guys don't want to be thinking about this game, but unfortunately that is exactly where we find ourselves is talking about this just frustrating loss. Frustrating. I think that's the nicest way that I can put this game. So I had put out a brief locked on now on the locked on Sun Devils Twitter account. If you haven't checked it out, go take a look. It's not even 90 seconds of my raw reaction to that game. I literally recorded that maybe 10 minutes after the game had ended. And I, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I absolutely get emotionally invested in football. Okay. I, I let my football teams dictate my mood, whether it's Arizona state or my Baltimore Ravens pro team. But I can't remember the last time I was that to be frank, pissed. I, I was mad. I was mad at the outcome of that game. I can't remember the last time I was truly angry over football. I've been heartbroken. I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. I've been embarrassed. I've been upset. I've been sad. I've been angry before. I just can't remember the last time. It, it, this season, I it's it's been a lot more embarrassed. It's been a lot more beaten down. I was mad. I was very mad with the way that this game ended up unfolding for Arizona State. So we're going to talk about that. But let's go ahead and just take an overall look at this game. Arizona State loses to Stanford in Palo Alto, 15 to 14. It was a close game. The defense played pretty darn well. Uh, classic bend, but don't break effort from the defense as there was a lot of long drives in this game, but ultimately Arizona state was able to hold them to just five field goals. And that's 15 points. They did not give up a touchdown. They, yeah, like I said, it just bend, don't break. It's just that kind of defense where it's like Stanford would have these long drives, but they stalled out eventually. And it just ultimately would lead to them having to settle for field goals. You know, they had a three, three minute and 42 second drive for their first field goal. Second field goal, four minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, third field goal was three minutes, 49 seconds. Fourth field goal was two minutes, 27 seconds. And the fifth field goal was five minutes and five seconds. They, they just had these, pretty decent drives going and it just felt like Arizona state couldn't get stops. And then Stanford would go and instead of being able to, you know, 
just completely drive the dagger in, they would stall out and have to take their points where they could get them. But, you know, ultimately that ended up to a, to a win. Uh, Stanford was 9 of 19 on third down. They were 0 for 1 on their only fourth down attempt of the game. So Arizona State's defense, by all, all sense of the imagination, did what it was supposed to do. I'm not going to lie. I'm still frustrated with the defense because I believe that this was not an offense that should have been able to manipulate the field as much as they did. And that's just what happened. So I think that the defense needs to do a lot better moving forward, but the defense isn't the reason that Arizona state lost this game. The the reason Arizona state lost this game is because it couldn't put up points, but even more so than that, I I'm not typically this person. I'll preface it with that. I typically am not someone to point the blame at a single individual. And I'm coming down off of that a little bit because I was very angry at the time of, of the game ending. But with that being said, and this is something that I'm going to go into more detail throughout the week. Emery Jones is not it. He is not the answer. This was a failed experiment. The Emory Jones experiment in Arizona state was a failure. It's just, I, I can't keep defending Emory Jones for being as pedestrian as he has been this year for this game. Emory Jones just, it felt like for every like great play he had, he had like five just dumbfoundingly infuriating plays. I just couldn't figure it out. He did not look like the guy that I believed he could have been. This doesn't look like a confident passer. This looks like a guy who just doesn't see the field. He doesn't, he doesn't give me confidence when it's go time. And when it's, when the going gets tough and I need Arizona state to start putting together these drives to let me know that we're going to win. It's going to be okay. I no longer feel confident that Emory Jones is that guy. Emory Jones was just completely flat in this game. He was well under 60% completion. He had a terrible interception and he missed what would have been the game winning touchdown. He missed it down the sidelines for Arizona state. It's fourth and 19. It's it's put up or shut up time. And for what it's worth, I don't think Emory should have even been out there. Because the previous drive was terrible. And Emery was just giving me no reason to believe in him. Uh, he had run right past Sean Aguano when he was t- trying to talk to him. I felt at that point it was Trenton Borgay's time. But that wasn't to be. So 4th and 19 comes up now after Emery takes a bad sack. Uh, I believe there was a false start or a delay. There was a delay game. There was a delay game on Emery Jones after he had taken a sack as well. It's 4th and 19. And then down the left sideline, you have this hope. Elijah Badger just streaked right past the defense on a straight go route. He's wide open. There's nobody anywhere near him. All you have to do is put the ball on his chest. And he walks in for a touchdown. You win this game. And Emory Jones is the hero. He's the savior. And we don't have to have these tough conversations. But that's not the case. Because in that moment, Emory Jones showed me he's not capable of being that guy. It is not easy 
to deliver game-changing plays. But when you have an opportunity as easy as what Emery did, you can't miss it. Elijah Badger was wide open. All he needs to do is put it on him. But instead, he leads him too far. Elijah still makes a heck of a play on the ball and ends up in a classic game of inches moment. His foot was on the white line and he's called out of bounds despite making an incredible grab. But that's not on at excuse me. That's not on Elijah. Not even not even a little bit. That is entirely on Emory Jones. He needs to make that play. He needs to make that throw. You cannot miss that throw. You cannot miss that play if you expect to be the starting quarterback of a power five team. That's exactly what happened. He missed it. He missed the play. And like I said, to to say I'm frustrated would be just this massive, massive understatement. But that's the situation that we unfortunately had to find ourselves in, was that Emory Jones simply is not good enough to get these kind of plays done. So, yeah, frustrating. Frustrating loss. We're going to hop into our first break. When we return, we're going to continue taking a look at everything that happened in this game. But first, we got to go and talk about our friends over at Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On uh, College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play for Arizona State's football every single week, sometimes throughout the history. This week's thrilling moment had to be the Jordan Clark interception. It's winding down in the second quarter and Stanford is trying to get another drive going so that it can get some points. This is coming off an Emory Jones interception and Tanner McKee's looking to throw this ball and seemingly out of nowhere, this Christopher Reeves kind of flying Superman interception by Jordan Clark comes in and completely swings momentum back into the favor of Arizona state right when we thought that all hope was lost and that this was going to end up just leading the Stanford, getting some more points in comes Jordan Clark, Jordan Clark flying in. Like I said, like Christopher Reeves, Superman and making this interception. It was insane. I just, I, I hope you guys got to see it because it was absolutely amazing. This segment has been provided by Nissan. It's inspired by the thrilling new designs across their new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what you think will thrill you the most with their new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Guys, I've, I talk up the Locked On Pac-12 podcast all the time, but I'm actually going to talk up another podcast of ours. So, you know, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights on only the Locked On network can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't want to continue talking about Emory Jones too much because I would be able to just go forever and ever and ever. So we're going to move on. Uh, let, let, let's take a look at my bold predictions, man. I'm still mad, but the predictions I had, I, I was feeling pretty good about them. I really was, but I ultimately only got one of them, right? My first prediction was that Xavier Valade was going to go 
over 150 yards and two touchdowns. Valaday didn't even get to the 100-yard barrier. Uh, he did score a touchdown, but somehow, some way, Stanford actually was able to snuff out the run. And I don't know how they were able to come together to do this, but they did. They They took away Arizona State's dynamic running game and held X Validate under 100 yards. They were able to hold Arizona State under 150 yards. And remember, I had said Validate was getting 150 by himself. He, we only had 128 as a team. Uh, again, Validate had 76. Daniel Nagata got a good amount of touches. He had seven carries. He only had 25 yards. Emory Jones had uh, 27 rushing yards in this game, but he was sacked four times. Um, yeah, the, the run game just wasn't there. Valaday was pretty good. He definitely could have been better, I think, but that just unfortunately was not meant to be in this game. Uh, Emory Jones had a couple flashes. He had a 23-yard run in the game, but ultimately he didn't look dynamic enough either as a runner. And Stanford took away the strength that never should have been able to have been taken away from you. Look, look, it's one thing if Stanford is coming into this game allowing 100 rushing yards a game, and then they take that away from you. Like that, that's a little more understandable. But this was a game where they were allowing 197 and a half rushing yards a game, and you still allowed them to just waltz all over you. They just completely took away took away what you were trying to do. 128 yards is nothing to scoff at. That's a good game, but man, you should have absolutely torn them up and you didn't. Instead, they forced Emory Jones into a, a situation where he had to be a passing quarterback, and it worked. He goes 14 of 25. He throws 227 yards, one touchdown, one pick. That sounds great, you know? It sounds like he was averaging, what's that end up being? Uh, uh, over nine yards an attempt. He's averaging over nine yards an attempt, right? In fact, if he completes that final pass to Elijah Badger, that's an almost 40-yard touchdown. That would make him 15 of 25 for 260-plus yards and two touchdowns on one pick. But Emory was not good passing the ball in this game. Elijah Badger was good catching the ball in this game. Elijah Badger was a terrific option for Arizona State in the passing game this week. He was wonderful. Elijah Badger is coming into his own as a number one receiver. And that's something I also want to go more into detail with uh, at some point in time. But right now, we're just looking at this game. And... Elijah Badger did everything he could. Uh, if Arizona State had won this game, Elijah Badger would have been the the biggest game ball uh, awardee, or I don't, I don't know what the term is. Like the, but of the three game balls that would have given out, Elijah Badger's would have been the first I would have given out because he was he was unbelievable. He put on one of the best receiving performances we've seen since the days of like Brandon Ayuk. Arizona State hasn't had a receiver this good since Brandon Ayuk. Elijah Badger is special. He is also a true sophomore. And as long as he doesn't decide to transfer, he should be looked at as one of the better receivers of the Pac-12 heading into 2023. This is a very talented kid. He put on the best performance of his career. He should have been over 150 yards and two touchdowns in this game. But he's just, he, he's good. He's really, really good. I'm so happy that Arizona State has a weapon like him in the passing game because Lord knows if you took him away from this passing attack, there would be nothing for Arizona State to hang their hat on. So 
offense couldn't do what it needed to do when it mattered most. That's in spite of the fact that this offense had over 350 yards of total offense and 8.7 yards per pass and frustrating, just frustrating, 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 frustrating. I don't know, man. It's just, I, I don't get how you go against a defense that has been just run over as much as they have and then proceed to do this. It's mind-blowing to me, especially against a defense that bad against a run. Like like I said, like it's one thing if this is a bad defense that gives up like 100 yards a game, but this was like one of the worst in college football. They gave up nearly 200 a game. You didn't get close to it. And you were capable of doing that kind of damage with X Valade, with Daniel Nagata, with Emory Jones. It wasn't close. It just wasn't close. All right. I, I got one more place to talk to you guys about real quick before we head into our final segment. And it's from our friends over at Sweatblock. I'll tell you guys that me personally, I'm somebody who has had some issues with pitting out and sweating right through my shirts. When I was teaching, I would have an, a second shirt in my car to hold on to in case I needed to switch out during the day because it gets hot in Arizona. But, you know, with sweat block, that's just, it, it's a whole new world right now. So thanks to sweat block, which by the way, was doctor created from a doctor who was struggling with pitting out himself. This is a product that is perfect for you. Again, created by a doctor with his own excessive sweating. Doctor created, doctor recommended. If you or someone you know is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com right now. You can also get it on Amazon, but definitely make sure that you are using Sweatblock to help prevent yourself from pitting out whenever those occasions arise. Once again, check out Locked On Sports. Make Locked On make Locked On Sports your second listen of the day. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and take of the day. Odyssey, YouTube, wherever, check it out. My final thoughts. I I talked a little bit about the defense. The defense did a pretty gosh darn good job. Um, they actually got three sacks. They got four sacks. Excuse me, four sacks as a team. That's not something that I think anybody would have anticipated seeing in a game where you had four sacks as a team coming into this year. And I mean, I know I said that Arizona state was going to get three sacks, but that's still a bold prediction that I made. The fact that they stepped up, did it, and then gave even more than that is incredibly impressive and is something that should be celebrated for the team. Uh, Anthony Cooper uh, paced the team in sacks. He had, a sack and a half for himself. TJ Pesfea had a half sack. Um, Ed Woods also had a sack, which I thought was a pretty cool little surprise. The defensive back was able to get in on a blitz. And then BJ Green came in for his uh, sack and a half of the season. His first solo sack, I guess, would be the easiest way to put it. But the defense came to play. Uh, Kyle Soley had a 14-tackle game. Merlin Robinson had a 13-tackle game. And they got that interception I talked about for the Nissan play. Uh, Jordan Clark, just phenomenal play. That, that was, that was special. 
And Arizona State continues to have at least one interception in every single game they've played this year. Defense did everything that it could do. Uh, Carter Brown definitely uh, let us down a little bit for the first time this year. He missed a 41-yard field goal, and not just like to the left or to the right. He was short, very short. I don't know if that thing would have been good for 35. That was a very short field goal. I don't even know if it got tipped. I think that thing just straight up did not have any velocity on it. But I think a lot of people are going to look back and be like, well, if he made that field goal, it's a 17-15 game and you win. But I'm not even remotely going to pin this loss on Carter Brown because of one missed field goal when Emory Jones had faltered how many times during this game? And when Emory Jones missed what would have been the game-winning touchdown. Yes, if you have that field goal, it's a 17-15 game, and that puts emphasis on Stanford to try and, you know, at least score a touchdown instead of kick a field goal when when the when the game was near the end, right? Because it was 13-14 at one point, or uh 13-12. I can't count. It was 14 to 12 at one point. Uh it was 14 to 12 going into the final six minutes of the game. Well, that was right after they had gotten it. So Stanford gets the ball uh, right at the 11 minute and 33 second mark of the fourth quarter to start a drive to go and get themselves back into a lead, which was kicking a field goal. So you had this game under wraps. You had it. And you just weren't able to do anything with it. The offense flutters too much and you let him get off the hook. I don't blame Carter Brown for this game. As frustrated as I am with the defense because they just weren't able to just get quick drives. There weren't three and outs in this game. Stanford was having long sustained drives and they were just getting points, even though it wasn't touchdowns. I truly, truly believe this game came down to one player. And I know that's not fair. And I don't know. I I don't regret saying it, unfortunately. I really do think that this was a winnable game. I think the offense was entirely held back, not because of play calling. I think that there was one player that was holding everything back. We'll have to talk more about that later this week. Closing thoughts. This was our game. There's no reason you should have lost it, but you did. These things happen. You know, we're seven games into 2022 at this point. This, this loss stings. I think this loss hurts more than any other loss we've had this year. More than Eastern Michigan. This loss hurt. This was a gut punch. This really takes away a lot of confidence that I have in the team moving forward. Uh, You're going to Boulder this week to play Colorado. Colorado is not going to roll over on its back. I do think you win this game, but I'm right back to where I was a couple weeks ago where I'm just not sure anymore if there's a guaranteed win here. Yeah, I'll take Arizona State, but I don't know. We got plenty of time to talk about that, though. There's plenty more time to talk about 
all the issues that we're having with Emory Jones and company. So make sure that you stick around, hit like, and subscribe, and turn on notifications wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's YouTube, Odyssey, Spotify, or anywhere else. Stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at RichieBrads36, and you can find the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun